Welcome to the, the Life, Life at Disney, Disney Podcast. Podcast, the show where you'll discover what it's like to be part of the story and a career with Disney as we bring the Walt Disney Company's core values, culture, and work to life. We're your hosts, Tony Williams and Ashley Siegel, and we're going to share some remarkable stories from the perspectives of the people and the teams behind the magic. This week's episode is all about the exciting world of Imagineering. Walt Disney Imagineering is the creative force that imagines, designs, and brings to life all Disney theme parks, resorts, attractions, and cruise ships around the world. Founded by Walt Disney in 1952, it embodies a world-class design firm, premier development company, extraordinary storytelling studio, and cutting-edge innovation lab all rolled into one with an overwhelming breadth of expert talent from around the globe. Speaking of talented Imagineers, let's welcome to our show, research and development Imagineer, Jonathan Becker. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, guys. I am so happy that you're here with us today. Imagineering is one of my favorite parts of the company. I am always just amazed at all of the magic y'all are bringing to life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Yeah. Uh, So Jonathan Becker here, senior R&D Imagineer. Uh, And what we do is look sort of five to 10 years out uh, and see where technology is going and what kind of new experiences and attractions can be enabled by you know, advanced robotics or uh, AI, machine learning, uh, or in my case, exoskeleton technology. So really just thinking about how to continue to evolve and plus out the, the guest experience in our parks and cruise line and hotels everywhere. Yeah, so you're really the ones who are imagining what the future of all of our properties are going to look like. It's so amazing. So how does someone get into that kind of work? How'd you start at the, at the company? Well, you know, everybody has a different Disney story. I think specifically for me, my Disney journey uh, has been sort of all over the place. And I really want to make sure that like, I, I, I stress that because I, I know a lot of people who are listening to this are thinking, like, how do I end up there? And uh, there's no one sort of like straight and narrow path. So I did my undergrad actually at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, and I studied something not technical at all, <laughs> anthropology and Portuguese resilient studies. So really just in another kind of ballpark and ultimately came to realize that I, I just, I want to explore something else, something different. You know, that happens in school. You try on different things and it just wasn't really working out. I was really interested in the subject matter, but in terms of, of a career, what I want to do with the rest of my life, I, I kind of wanted to explore other things. So I grew up playing music and sort of tinkering around with electronics. I ended up finding uh, a program, a, a grad school program at the California Institute of the Arts or CalArts for short. Uh, called Music Technology, Interaction, Intelligence, and Design. And basically, uh, that program's all about creating audiovisual work uh, that sort of combines music uh, and technology in sort of compelling ways. So we'll like literally make instruments or make robots, make music. Uh, it's sort of like, how do you take mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, computer science, and make cool, wacky, crazy things, which like weirdly has corollaries to Imagineering. I love that though. Can we like that journey? I mean, it's funny. I too, I have a really non-traditional path to where I came from, but I always love to hear those things. I, I studied what interested me in school too. Like I have a degree in Judaic studies and religion, and then I have another degree in sports journalism. I don't work in either of them. And I think it's important that like people are challenging themselves both to study what's important to you and then go out and potentially have a, another career that's totally a different direction. I think that's so cool to hear. Exactly. And you know, what's so cool is I use my anthropology training everywhere, anywhere, uh, both like in and outside of work, you know, 
And anthropology is the study of human cultures. And so really understanding how people view the world and what their lenses are really just sort of helps me engage and connect with people and establish the right kind of rapport so that we can build things or we can sort of connect beyond just like, you know, oh, we built this attraction. It's like you're really building a community and a sort of cultural group. And I think that's super important. So I, I, I was at Cal Arts. And um, my thesis work was sort of focused on how uh, color and sound can be sort of tied together in a virtual reality context. Uh, and basically I did a demo version of this thesis during my, my grad program. And Imagineer ended up coming up to a, the digital arts expo that we had every year and basically tried my demo on, put the headset on, and afterwards gave me his card. It was just like, do you want an internship? The lottery, like the lottery of lotteries. And so, what ended up uh, what I ended up finding out is this was like around 2014. So we were starting to develop uh, Pandora you know, out of Animal Kingdom. Uh, and there's specifically like this drum circle interactive that uh, this Imagineer, Jamie Robertson, was sort of uh, a sort of uh, uh, helping with sort of figuring out how we could both do it from like experience standpoint, as well as like from a technical standpoint. So uh, he had been doing some development. And then when I came in, he kind of passed it off to me to do like a lot of the day to day work and thinking about like creatively what this experience is, but then also technically how to realize, which is kind of what my skill my skill set is. It's like I can think creatively, but then once I think of the creative, like I can build it, as opposed to like you know having to sort of be like, oh, I I don't know how to realize or or, or make this thing, and so I have to enlist other people to kind of realize that that sort of vision. And so that that's kind of like my one like real sort of strong ability is like, I kind of play in both creative and technical world, worlds. I'm not just one or the other. I'm sort of like a fun little creative technical unicorn. Uh, and so uh, I, I got brought in and uh, I did this internship for a year and kind of like my thesis at Imagineering as an intern I really was in grad school. So I was like doing part-time grad school, part-time engineering. Uh, but basically was sort of finishing out the proof of concept of this drum circle interactive. Uh, and that's really kind of what got me the job, which is basically like, okay, make sure you graduate, which like was <laughs> a challenge, uh, and uh, you, you got a job here. Uh, and I came in as uh, uh, an R&D engineer, an associate uh, research and development engineer, uh, and I've been there ever since. So this is, yeah, I think a, the timeline's fuzzy, but I'm trying to think of math. I've been there eight years, 2014, 2022 now. Yeah, so eight, eight years, I think literally like in June, so just turned eight years. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of how I ended up there. <laughs> that's such a great story. I think, you know, there's so many things that you hit on there that, that I want to make sure that we're hit, that we're kind of digging into for our listeners, right? Like Disney employees, especially Imagineers on your college campus, right? We're out there, whether it's virtual hybrid engagements or actually coming onto campuses, like that's the power of networking, right? You were there, you had this thing, you got to show somebody who's here, um, and what an awesome way to, to really bridge that. And then to come in as a professional intern with Imagineering, I don't think that there's anything cooler than that. Uh, it's just amazing. I know we have some of our, our, some of your current interns with research and development. We, some of them we hired from the Grace Hopper celebration. Um, uh, we got to see one of them recently. It was very exciting. Um, so I think that's, that's just so exciting. And I think brings a lot of hope for people that can see, right? Like, I can do that too with things that I'm building on my own that I want to really be developing that are really those skills. So I think that that's awesome. And then you were talking about the project with Pandora that you were working on and that's as an intern. So what did those responsibilities look like during your internship 
And how did it change when you were full time? In terms of the drum circle, I mean, that was literally my life for a year. I would come in in the morning and work all day beating on drums and trying to figure out like, is this working? Is this correct? Um, so there was an element of like, you know, throughout the week, uh, sort of taking feedback from the previous week and trying to figure out, okay, what are next steps and how to sort of explore where this needs to go creatively. Uh, and then we just sort of play test at the end of the week. We'd bring in folks and see how they actually played with uh, the interactive we were making. And then, you know, you have a vision. And I think the important thing is to always evolve it because it's not just like how you feel about a thing. It's how other people feel about a thing. I think the big challenge there was not everybody's musical. And so how do you make a thing that is like engaging and like no matter what energy you put into the system, what sort of comes back out works with you know, all the other people who you may not know and who are just trying to you know vibe out in the space. Uh, so that, that was basically my, my, life is like, I was working in what's called the concept lab. And that's where we do like these quick and dirty mock-ups that like give the idea and have some light theming. Uh, and so, uh, are kind of like our, our, our sort of, uh, entry level way into like what eventually becomes, uh, a theme park attraction. Uh, and so mock-ups are like the, the lifeblood of Imagineers, you know, beyond just like making concept art or sort of like drawing things out, uh, on pen and paper. Um, and then when it comes to this idea of like, I recognize how lucky I am, but I think there is luck is really like this combination of like being prepared and then sort of like having that moment where like that preparedness can sort of shine through, you know, the timelines are always gonna be different for everybody else. But, you know, I put myself in a place where that could happen. You know, CalArts has a history with Disney, right? Uh, and it, sort of like a simple way of thinking about it is like Disney like, founded the school in the 60s, uh, you know, Walt Disney. Um, and so I think that choice, you know, regardless of like, I, I wanted to pursue music technology, but I also put myself in a place to be seen. You know, I don't know if, if I was uh, at a different university that maybe that opportunity wouldn't necessarily come. So, you know, doing research a little bit of like, you know, the history of places and who sort of comes out of there. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, I Wikipedia a lot, you know, when I, when I see people who inspire me, I kind of want to know what their backstory is and how they got there. And so like, when you see like, oh, this person went to Cal arts, this person went to Cal arts, it kind of started to connect the dots of like, oh, this is also potentially like a, a great like springboard for a creative, uh, to potentially, you know, end up in, uh, sort of this fun Disney world that I'm in now. And now and then every day you're surrounded just by actual Disney legends, right? Like constantly you're getting to work with all of these people that built our childhood. Like that's just, yeah. that was mm -hmm. so mind blowing. I had the, the amazing opportunity to take my team to R and D recently and we got to meet Lanny Smoot and you know, a lot of my team runs the, the Disney on the art or HBCU work um, for historically black colleges and universities. And to have that moment where Lanny is telling us about how it's been to be a black inventor, right? Like I could only imagine what that's like, what it was like when he started and to see now and to have people like you coming in and doing this work, like, oh my God, it's just, it's just so amazing to see how all of that is really powering all this magic. Well, what's so cool. I mean, like Lanny's a, a living legend. I mean, guy has, you know, I don't know how many patents now, but he's like recognized like at like the patent museum, you know, and, being a black person myself, seeing somebody like that have such a storied career uh, is just so inspiring. So inspiring, right? Like 
we can do anything if Lanny can create over a hundred new things. Like it's just amazing. And all in the name of like entertaining us and inspiring us and, and just creating new magical experiences, especially for families, which I think is just, it's, it's, I mean, what keeps us all here. It's why we do the work. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, what we offer to the world is so unique. Uh, and we're just, we're kind of in a class of our own. So it's, it's a privilege, you know, it's, uh, we both do amazing uh, work and inspiring work, uh, but it, it truly, I, I'm very humbled and privileged that I get to be a part of it. It's awesome. So let's, let's talk about now. So you do this internship, you get converted, which is so cool. And the dream, right? If you're, if you're starting your career with us in college, we want you to continue it. So now it's eight years later, sorry to age you. And- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now you're in this you're in this role you're a seasoned veteran what does it look like your day-to-day especially um now and I, I assume a hybrid world you're doing some of this at home some of this in person what does that look like yeah i mean uh basically my mornings are here uh at, at my place where in which i'm having meetings i'm slacking folks i mean slack is like literally keeping keeping the show running <laughs> uh and uh as well as answering emails so i kind of take my morning uh, to do those very, very important things. And sometimes it's really easy to get so caught up in the, like the, the, the physical work, uh, you know, actually making the thing that sometimes like you forget about that stuff. So like, I just want to stress that like, I've really made that a part of my day, making sure that uh, I stay connected, that I stay on top of all of those responsibilities. And then after lunch, I go in and I work very intimately with the lead mechanical engineer of the project I'm working on, Project EXO. Uh, and doing a variety of things, giving feedback to some of his design work, or like in the case uh, of what we're building, actually like getting into the suit and trying things out. Both of us sort of giving our commentary, giving feedback. And, you know, we have, we have a, like a, a little work area where we can like take off an arm and like do actual like repairs, like mechanical repairs on a thing. Or like, oh, we have to switch this thing out. It's very like Tony Stark in a sense of like, you know, kind of montage scene where he's like trying to figure out like the, 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 the Mark One and how it's going to work. It feels very much like that. It's like, hmm, if we did this, what would this do? Oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, and it's super iterative. Uh, and that's kind of like what my afternoon looks like. Also working very much in conjunction with my technical product manager, Clara, on just thinking about the the entire holistic thing that is this project, not just sort of like the very granular, like, oh, hey, this range of motion, but rather like we had this whole team working with outside vendors as well to kind of like really think holistically about what this thing is, where it's going to live uh, and kind of, you know, you know, what is the, the guest experience? Um, so that's, that's really kind of what my, my day to day looks like uh, on most days. Awesome. Well, we've mentioned project EXO a few times. Yes. So are working to bring characters of all sizes to life in authentic ways at Disney parks. One of the ways is with full body exoskeleton systems that you are helping to develop. Yep. How did you get involved with Project EXO and what is your process of taking on a larger than like project like that? Yeah. Uh, so this project has going, been going on for like the last two and a half years. You know, COVID kind of like changed some things and I, <laughs> maybe that timing isn't exactly right, but it's been essentially in the in, baking in the oven for the last two and a half years. And it was, you know, basically I had an idea of like, you know, you think of all the different characters that exist and at a certain point you know they start to scale up in a way that traditionally in costume character space uh, uh 
making a costume would be uh, a bit difficult, um, both just a making it, but then performing in it. Basically, I wanted to start thinking about like, how can we build certain characters? Uh, and I uh, ultimately stumbled on this idea of an exoskeleton. So I'm not an exoskeleton expert, uh, and uh, but ultimately have, have sort of done enough research to really understand what they do and how they could sort of sort of enable these kinds of characters. So basically an exoskeleton is a skeletal intermediary between like in our case a performer and a costume that gives assist uh in key joint areas. So the performer doesn't necessarily have to lift big giant arms around, the exoskeleton kind of does it for them. Uh and then Beyond that, uh, we're also routing all of the weight of the costume into the ground. This system routes it. So really you're just puppeteering this big giant body around and not necessarily feeling the weight of it. Uh, and that was kind of like the key to enable this sort of larger class of costume character. It's like, oh, when I'm standing, I don't feel any way of the costume. And then on top of that, when I want to perform an emote, uh, I'm not doing any of the lifting. And then the cool thing about that is you know, if you have assist at those key joint areas, you can start doing things that you may not have done traditionally in the past, right? So if you wanna articulate fingers, uh, that means you have to have mechanisms that allow for a performer to be here and, and then to control big, larger uh, fingers sort of beyond their body. Uh, and so that ultimately what that means is a heavier cost. And so traditionally in the past, because you're trying to make them as light as possible, uh, you don't really have those articulated fingers. So some characters, they just kind of have like static hands and sort of lock in a fist position. Our characters now can sort of reach out and emote and express and interact with guests in ways that are just like exciting. Like the simplest things, like seeing a big giant hand go like this and give you a fist bump or like try to shake your hand, it just takes it to another level, you know? So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's EXO. <laughs> Yeah, I feel so similarly. It really is. It's that impact. It's that that ultimate of seeing a guest in the park or being able to see people's reactions to our films, whatever it may be, Disney Plus launching. Like, I think all of that is just so special and it means so much to families. I'm a kid of the 90s too. So it's just, it to be a part of that is so amazing. So for any of our listeners or viewers out there, you may not have known that you wanted to end up at Imagineering, but I do. What's your best advice? How can they how can they prep themselves? What should they be doing? What should they be playing with or researching um, or teaching themselves or, or getting that education in? Um, so, I mean, there are so many disciplines that make up Imagineering. And so uh, my advice is to find what you really love first, first and foremost. Um, it shouldn't be about, I just want to be an Imagineer. It's like, well, think about the Disney Park context, right? And if you see yourself as an Imagineer, what aspects are you drawn to? And then from there, you can kind of reverse engineer like, well, I need to be focused on like, let's say uh, mechanical engineering or computer animation or, you know, like the thing that I didn't realize is like robots and how they're programmed now is basically how we uh, do animation for, you know, CGI films, the animation studios, that sort of thing, right? Um, so just like connecting those kinds of dots. Um, I think also, you know, we're now in an age where you can literally reach out to people. So like things like LinkedIn are, are really great. So just like trying to find some Imagineers and, you know, potentially, you know, uh, at the very least get, uh, you know, some feedback on like what you're, you're doing and, and, and sort of hearing their stories. Um, and yeah, I think and maybe the last point is it sort of reaches back to my own personal story, which is like, think about those universities or, or, or colleges that have some sort of, 
history or, or connection uh, to, to uh, the, the, the larger Disney family. I think there are, are definitely some like uh, sort of feeder schools that kind of like create that next generation. Uh, and I think, you know, if I was able to find it 10 years ago or so, I think you can now too, probably much more easily. Uh, so just, yeah, uh, from, uh, like that, that networking standpoint, it's just like put yourself in places where like there is history or, or ties into the, the larger Disney family. And I think that helps, you know, outside of like your focus and getting good at what you do, uh, it, you're going to be seen or at least much more easily seen. So those opportunities are, 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 are much more prevalent. I love that. I, I think you touched on so many great things there. There really are, like you said, there's so many more opportunities. We're out there in so many more places now. We're on so many more campuses. Everything we're doing, if it's not virtual, it's hybrid, right? So there's an opportunity to meet us in person and virtually. We're reaching more people in more places than we ever have before. Um, and so, yeah, do the things. If you're doing something that you love, that's the thing I always remind people. Like, if you're doing something that you love and one of our technologists or Imagineers or recruiters is asking you about it, you're going to light up. Work on things that bring that out of you that like really are that magic um, because that's what will get you noticed. It'll get you um, hopefully that foot in the door. It clearly worked for you. And, and there's just so many new new ways to do that. So love it. Such good advice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Find what you love and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And bring others along. That's That's what it's all about. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan, so much for taking us along your career journey. It was so exciting to hear about everything that you're doing with Imagineering, giving us this look behind the curtain of all the magic that you and the teams are making um, and how that is impacting all of our, our guests and consumers around the world. So thank you again for being here. Oh, thank you, Ashley. It's been a real pleasure. And hey, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So we dove into the world of research and development at Walt Disney Imagineering. Now let's take a look at a different side of the storied Imagineering team and welcome AR VR design engineer, Emily Van Belgum. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. It is great to have you. We know you probably have a pretty busy day. Uh, so thank you for taking some time to chat with us. Of course. Yes, anything. I'm so excited about this podcast. <laughs> As am I, I am so excited about the folks I get to chat with. Today, we all have a chance to learn so much more about Imagineering, which I think is one of the, the more famous sides, right, of the organization, um, knowing all the amazing work that, that comes out of your world that we get to see and that we get to enjoy. And so now to go behind the curtain and learn a bit more about how you make the magic um, is really a treat for us. And so let's jump right in. Would love to hear, and we've chatted a bit already about kind of Imagineering, right? What for you is Imagineering, and is it different now that you're a part of the team than from when you first joined the team? I've heard this quote a couple different times, and so I'm sorry if it's a repeat, but I, I definitely believe what makes an Imagineer is curiosity, and the curiosity not just of everyday life interactions, but into the unknown, and, and what does that future look like for us in terms of interacting with one another, within our relationships, friends and family, um, and, you know, of course, in the world of theme parks. So. <laughs> um, so I would say since joining Imagineering, that has definitely not only been front and center, but it's been amplified. That curiosity is, is such an important factor in, in how we do work and how we 
communicate with one another and decide what we're going to do next. That's awesome. I'm now imagining, imagining, imagineering is this place where everybody just has like a call out bubble above their head with a question mark in it all day long. And you're all just like, hmm, what about this? Yes, that's pretty much, we're all running around with little question marks on our heads. <laughs> Amazing. And so I'd love to hear how, how you joined this, this group of curious folks, right? Can you walk us through your story? How did you become an Imagineer? How'd you get here? Oh, man. Well, let's see. Um, so I started in actually holography back at school. Uh, I went to MIT for undergrad and master's, and I was studying um, future human interaction with uh, novel interfaces specifically holographs, holograms, and light fields. Um, and I would say that was probably the beginning of the entry towards Imagineering. Um, I have worked at Disney a couple other times before, mostly for graduate internships. Uh, I was at Disney Animation Studios for a bit. I got to work on um, some behind the scenes tech for some of the movies that came out like um, Wreck-It Ralph 2. And I was there while Moana was in production. So that was really exciting. Um, and actually, the first time I came to Imagineering as an intern was in R&D. But now I'm in the tech studio. Um, and it's really wonderful because I get to speak with every different type of Imagineer that there is as a design engineer. Um, a lot of what I focus on is understanding how people interact with, like I said before, novel um, interfaces that you would never think of, but also how they interact with different types of technology that or up and coming and how we can incorporate that into our work in our daily lives. Um, VR, AR being one of them. Awesome. Awesome. So your world, your world sounds so forward thinking, right? Um, and that curiosity that you just mentioned sounds like it's a, it's a key factor um, in that world, right? Which is, which is incredibly interesting. Um, I've already noted my first term that I'm going to have to Google, but you defined it for us. Holography, which I'm guessing is the study of holograms in that world. Yes. Holographs and holograms, right. Did not know that that was a thing. <laughs> yes. Um, most people, when they're thinking of their first understanding of what a holograph or hologram is, is the Princess Leia effect from um, Star Wars, of course. Um, yeah. That's probably what pops into your head. But yes, it's the 3D uh, recreation digital representation of objects in space. I also I did a lot of work with um, Pepper's Ghost Solutions, which are not official holographs, holograms. Um, but it is a light field display. Um, and one of the ones that I was working on in school was this little cone that you could walk around and see the illusion from almost 180 degrees. With eye tracking, you could go to 360 degrees. But essentially, you could put something on a table and have everyone discuss that object that was sitting in the middle of the table. And so, of course, I put a TIE fighter in it. Um, and that was my that was my test animation. Of course. Awesome. So... You've mentioned quite a few projects, right? Um, and so my mind is like jumping all over the place um, <laughs> as, as, as I hear them. We love to hear more about your work, right? What you're currently focusing on. No, you can't probably share everything, but whatever you can share. Um, what's what, what are you working on these days? Oh, boy. Um, so right now we are working to buff up our design um, department within the tech studio. Um, so a lot of what I do is I oversee some of the design work that we are doing on a few different projects, one of them being pre-visualization of our attractions. Um, and we also do quite a bit of work with, um, or I do personally have quite a bit of work with our audio animatronics pipeline. Um, so understanding 
how we can utilize, of course, newer tech. So for our pre-visualizing of attractions, we we do use quite a bit of um, different hardware for that. Um, of course, uh, VR and AR, I believe, has been, there's a few different videos on it. And I think even there was a special presentation on the dish on Disney Plus, if you want to check out the Imagineering story there. Um, that's a super fun series that I loved. Um, but that is the world that I come from in terms of attraction pre-visualization. And then I also do, like I mentioned, the audio animatronic pipeline. Um, we have quite a few audio and animatronic figures that we have um, at Imagineering. And so I am responsible for trying to figure out how we can manage that data and understand our figures better so we can make, of course, more figures for the future. Um, that's just two of my main projects, but I'm also on quite a few more. I think in total, I may be on seven. And so overall, I oversee how our, we can you know, run towards our design initiatives for the studio and make sure that we are staying in concert with one another and in theme with uh, sustainability and long-term, um, you know, just product growth. That's amazing. Um, but not surprising, right? That, that not only are you all designing and building and rolling out this amazing tech, um, you're, you're tracking the data, you're iterating on it, and how can we make it better? Um, which I think is such a, a uniquely Disney question to always be asking, right? How can we improve the experience um, of our customers, of our guests, of our employees, right? I think really, really unique Disney question there. And you are working on a number of projects, right? Do you have one that either now or maybe in the past you say is kind of the highlight of your career? Oh, man. The highlight? I want to say that probably the attraction pre-visualization work. Um, we are also doing some cool work with um, spectacular pre-visualization. Um, I hope to join that team soon. Um, but I think that the work that we are doing with attraction pre-visualization is, is very cutting edge. Um, we use some impressive hardware like FRVs combined with VR headsets, right? Um, and we really kind of make the impossible possible on that front. So we can gain our creative directors and producers that, that guest perspective before we ever even break ground, which is just so impressive to me that we're able to put this together. Tell us more uh, about the the attraction pre-visualization, right? I've got a pre-visual in my head of what it is, uh, but tell <laughs> us, what, what exactly does that entail, especially, uh, did I hear spectacular? Oh, yes, so our shows. Um, so pre-visualization is essentially the concept of putting all of our 3D assets into a world so that you can look at them before we even build them, right? And so let's say you're looking at... Um, a new chair <laughs> that you want to put in at a restaurant, maybe even, right? Well, you can go put that chair in 3D space and light it and color it and texture it and walk around it, maybe even with a VR headset on to make sure that that's definitely the chair that you want before you even go and purchase it or have it fabricated. Um, so that's essentially what we are doing with our attractions. We take the 3D assets that we have and we put them into a game engine and then we visualize what we sit in a ride like a little digital ride and we watch the ride as we go through it and make sure that it is up to par with the storytelling devices that we want to use up to theme with what we want to say in the attraction right like what story end to end we want to tell um and we write it over and over and over again across you know of course a long period of time to make sure that we are really on point with what we what 
we want to teach as as we're going through our attractions. I get it, right? You have to kind of ground yourself um, when when you are kind of doing the work that you've worked hard to be able to do, right? And you're finally in that room, you're you're in that space, um, and and having these awesome experiences. Um, but we know everything, right, has kind of its ups and downs, right? What are some of the challenges that you've experienced in this work? Personally, as a, a brown woman in tech, that sometimes is a challenge in trying to get into the right doors or to talk to certain people, but I've not experienced this at Disney. So that's awesome. Um, at Disney, though, I think my biggest challenge is things are moving so fast. <laughs> We're trying to get things to our guests so quickly. Um, we want to have everyone experiencing things. And sometimes I wish that I had a little bit more time. Um, but I think that's also part of the adrenaline rush, you know, like the speed is kind of key in order to to keep us going and, and to iterate on the ideas quickly. And it's almost like that brainstorming mindset that if you didn't have the time constraint, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that kind of you know, brain blast moment when everyone's like throwing ideas on the board and seeing little stick. So I'd say, yes, like timing is, is hard sometimes, but at the same time, uh, I kind of like it. I like the high speed environment. I do well in that. <laughs> awesome. I, I'd like to ask more about your experience as a brown woman in this space, right? How often do you walk into rooms um, and feel that you're maybe the other or the only? Um, and are you seeing representation kind of improve in this space? Oh, definitely. Um, so I'm Indian, Japanese, uh, I think, and then Belgian, Canadian, Spanish, if I, if I remember all those. Yeah. Um, my mom's side is Indian and Japanese and my dad's side is the rest. Um, and I'd say it. the biggest thing that I come across is, is when I speak towards something that I have been studying for many years and it gets passed off as kind of like a side comment or something that didn't really matter. Or, oh, a slight suggestion or something. Um, and I think some things, sometimes that has encouraged me to learn a little bit more about myself and how I present myself, I suppose. Um, Cause since then I have started to speak a little bit more with certainty instead of ending sentences with, with, is that sound okay? Or did that make sense? I, I forced myself to try and stop saying those phrases anymore, or even to request permission to have space or to take a presence in the room. And so I think, I mean, it's been a few years now, quite a few years now that I've been in industry um, that has definitely aided in me, but I look forward to a future where you don't have to change those aspects in order to have a voice in the room. Um, one thing that's really exciting, though, um, especially for our pre-visualizing, pre-visualization work, um, most of our pipeline developers are women. I think almost an entire team of women are, are pipeline developers. And um, a lot of us also are Grace Hopper Celebration alumni, which is super exciting. Um, and it's been such a thrill to be in a room where you're not the only one. Um, I'm very used to being in a room where there's um, 50 men and then there's me and I'm just kind of there. <laughs> um, but it's been really a fresh, a fresh air. It's really cool to, to speak with others who come from similar experiences as yourself. Um, and I, I really cherish it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. Um, and, and kudos on doing the work for and with yourself, right, to get to a place where 
hey, I don't need to add these things at the, the end, right? Um, my words are very valuable. And I, I hope that the spaces that you're in continue to value your words in the ways that they should, right? And I hope that as an organization, we continue to support making those spaces um, what they need to be for you. So happy to hear that you're a Grace Hopper alum. Did I hear that right? Yes, yes, yes. Quite a few members of our team are as well, yeah. Awesome, Grace Hopper is, is certainly one of our, one of my favorite engagements that we have. Um, an opportunity to, to meet so many amazing technologists, uh, women and non-binary folks that have come to Disney through our engagement with GHC. So awesome. That was really cool. What a pleasant surprise. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's I, and I meet so many inspiring women at that conference too. I, I personally, it's, it's always a highlight if I get the chance to go. I hope I get to go with Disney this year. So for anyone that's listening, right, and has been inspired in the way that I have, right, and is now interested in getting to where you are, what advice would you give someone, right? No matter where they are, they're in school, in careers, thinking about changes. Um, what advice would you give them uh, to, to kind of help them along their journey, maybe to being an Imagineer? Okay. Um, well, I hope if you're already asking that question, then you're definitely curious. So <laughs> the, the first, uh, you know, checkbox is checked. Um I'm trying to think of things that are not as practical. Of course, be buffing up your resume and getting your website going, putting your portfolio projects on it is all good advice too. But I would say for me, it took me quite a few tries to get in the Disney door. And so I would say the most, the best advice I could give is just don't give up. Keep trying. Um, because one day that door is going to budge open and you're going to get in. Um, and I would say that, even if you apply like five times, six times, or <laughs> you, you're just really passionate about something else, maybe it's not Disney related, maybe it is, maybe it's storytelling related, right? Just keep trying. Um, and then that willpower is going to see you through in whatever you do, even if there is a rejection or even if there is an acceptance. Amazing. I think we've, we've talked a lot about curiosity, right? But what I hear is kind of the, the undertone for all of this is, is a certain amount of tenacity, right? To, to be willing to try and fail and go cool and try again, right? Um, to have a portfolio, to put your work out there for others to evaluate and see, right? That, that, can, that can be a little difficult, right? But it, it sounds like curiosity has to be paired with tenacity um, to really grow in this space. I would definitely agree. I cannot count the number of times that I have failed in my career. Um, I would never say that they were failures, though, because it is from those learning experiences that I was able to move forward and become better. Um, and you don't quite get the same experience if you're constantly succeeding, I guess you could say. Um, and so that willingness to fail and that willingness to get back up after said failure is, yeah, that tenacity is really important. So you all are a group of curious folks with call outs above your head that are very willing to fail up. It sounds like yes, <laughs> the, you know, the exclamation point and the question marks, it just changes between those two. every ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So last question for me, I've got to ask, right? You're, you're obviously brilliant. And I think you can do anything in the world that you want to do. And you can do that anywhere that you want to do it. Um, so why Disney? Mm, that's a good, good question. I, of course, as I said before, I'm very passionate about the Walt Disney Company and the stories that we tell. Um, but 
one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about working for Disney specifically is because of the joy that is arguably a happy side product, but isn't it so nice and so convenient that we get to make joy for a living. <laughs> um, and that's, that's why I like to work at Disney is because that's where I want to spend my time. That's, that's beautiful. I've, I've heard, I've heard us talk about making magic, but I think maybe this is the first time I've heard someone mention that we make joy um, and, and how amazing that you get to do that all day, every day. Um, that's where I get to spend all of my time. That's and that's where I want to spend all my time. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if my badge gets me into the door so I can spend some of my time there too, but I will give it a try <laughs> the next time I'm around. Emily, well, if you ever want a tour, let me know. <laughs> makes note. <laughs> Just <laughs> so you know, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Emily, thank you for so many things, not only the promise of a tour, uh, but for your time and sharing your journey with us and helping us understand more um, about the Imagineering world and, and what's to come, right? Um, and, and how you got there, right? Hopefully other folks that are hearing this um, are also inspired to say like, hey, I am not only curious, but I am tenacious, right? I'm willing to fail up um, and I'm willing to tell stories and I wanna tell stories that make folks joyful, right? Um, Hopefully you'll, you'll continue inspiring folks um, around the world, whoever hears this, GHC, wherever we might be. And so thank you again for your time. Um, and hopefully we get to chat again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tony. Remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, show us some love for your favorite podcast by leaving a review. Thank you again for listening to Life at Disney. We've had some amazing guests on the show and can't wait to talk to more of our cast members, crew, Imagineers, and employees next season. I couldn't agree more, Ashley. There's no shortage of opportunity here. When you're ready for a new adventure, there's always one waiting for you as long as you're ready to discover it. So start exploring. This episode was produced by Christine Torres and Jaren Kaufman with contributions from Kathy Four, Nolan Jacobs, and Sarah Monger. Editing was done by Claudia Benfield and Louis Vega. Music arranged and produced by Nat Young Music Group, Inc. Design and graphics by Kathy Collins and Louis Vega. And a special thank you goes out to the Walt Disney Imagineering External Communications Team and Kevin Rafferty. <laughs>